Welcome back to Seahawks fans to another episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Reed Rothschild to my Dirk Diggler. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah, and our very own, Scotty J. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you? Uh, whatever you say, Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I screwed up, man. I, I just, can I kiss you? <laughs> I can't believe this is happening in this open. This is the best open we've had ever. I want to show you my car. Your car? Yeah. What kind of car you got? It's the exact same car you have. <laughs> no, Do you remember that scene? Like yes. Yeah. And he had the Corvette. What do you so think? He got like the cheap knockoff Oh, that's version. right. He did, yeah. What it's, do you think? I got it myself. It's painted the same way. <laughs> yeah, it's been... Sorry, we're on a Boogie Nights riff. Yeah, Nathan, right. save us. Save, save you guys. All right, let's just get straight to it. Let's boogie right to week one of the preseason. The Seahawks actually played football this week. They lost 17-19 to the Indianapolis Colts. Season's over. We lost. But I don't really care about the results of preseason <laughs> games. Uh, let's let's talk about some of the, the cool things, that interesting things that came from this game. One, Michael Di- Let's just. These are the things that came up on Reddit. These are the most popular things on Reddit. Michael Dixon is punting Jesus. We kind of already knew that. And then, um, by the way, we coined that. Anyone says anything, say according to the Seahawks, he is punting Jesus. And Seahawks Nest podcast. The other big non-game news, because we'll get to game news, obviously coming out of the game. Dominic Rogers Cromartie uh, worked out for the Seahawks on Friday. Said it went good. They're impressed. Um, after what I saw in the preseason game, I don't think it's like a pressing need that we get him anymore. I thought cornerback play was okay. <laughs> pressing need corner. Yeah, that's real Hey-o. nice, Nate. But uh, but but it's it, it would be nice to have more depth at that position. Uh, and then the other injury thing, Jamarco Jones is it came out of the game. He has a severe ankle sprain, high ankle sprain, so much so that it uh it hurts the lower ligaments of the foot, even though it's high ankle sprain, and it lends itself to a uh, a hairline fracture of the what is that? The tibia, the fibula, the cat, the right below your knee, whatever that is. Functionally, I read up on this. What we know is this is one of those injuries where he's going to be basically completely out for a couple of weeks, and this removes him from the right tackle battle in the preseason. Yeah, he's, we not, tell. he's not. He's not going to start at the beginning of the year. And the, when when Pete says an injury is really bad, it's probably really really bad because. Um, right, but when Pete says it's not bad at all, that's when you know it's catastrophic. Yeah. So so that I'm kind of worried. It's it's like it's it's not great. Um. Top NFL news from this week. Uh, Lions have better concession prices. Um, they got to get people to come to the game somehow. Uh, <laughs> Broncos fans started a GoFundMe to cut Paxton Lynch. I would sign Paxton Lynch as our backup quarterback in that's a second. That's just rude. Yeah, it's just, that's just disrespect. He, he barely makes any money. Like, just let it go. That's not going to help you, Denver. Um, Alvin Kamara says, we'd beat the shit out of the Eagles and F Minnesota. What do you, what do you guys <laughs> think about? What do you guys think about that? Good for him. Uh, I think he's uh, nothing but a lot of talk and a badge. Be confident. I like him. Uh, Marshawn Lynch was talking to the rookie running back, Chris Warren, and he asked him, why weren't you drafted? And Chris Warren responded, I don't know. And Marshawn went, you did something wrong, didn't you? And he said, no, I didn't. He said, yeah, you did. (laughs) That's the the most most Marshawn Marshawn thing. (laughs) Such a Marshawn interaction. I just love it so much. Uh, (laughs) It's so funny to me. Uh, Aaron Donald and Kalamak still not into camp. That's pretty big news. And then Christian Hackenberg got signed by the Eagles. And on his first two plays, through interceptions. Good job, Christian. Uh, this just in, breaking news. Hackenberg cut by the Eagles. Yeah, He what, already got cut? What were you thinking? Just in, in our minds. 
What were you thinking, I'm, Philly? I'm just assuming because this podcast doesn't release for like another hour and a half, so I wanted to give us that buffer. And then my uh, my other big, the other big stories this week all were like quarterback related. Like Aaron Rodgers bagged on his wide receivers and said they needed to g- grow thick skin if their feelings were hurt. They by, do. By the way, like the receivers that complained about him doing it were like Equinemius St. Brown and the other rookies, and it's like you know what, grow 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 a pair, guys. And then the other thing is um. Tom Brady, he's mad at his wide receivers to the point where he asked them for the ball back and then looked at them and then punted it into the crowd, <laughs> which is just awesome. Imagine yeah. 41-year-old Tom Brady just like, I'm done with you idiots. Fired like, up Tom versus wide receiver time. <laughs> he's becoming a comedian in his old age. <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that's, that's a surprising and I'm dying point. over here. Uh, we're going to leave that in. I'm gonna, we're going to leave in my death so that you guys can all remember me. Uh, so... That was pretty much it for NFL. I felt like we have a ton of stuff to talk about from this first preseason that's game. That's a fact. I feel so, like that's where our time belongs. <laughs> so I wanted to get to it as soon as possible. So let's go over it. And what we're, the way we're going to do this is we are going to... I'm a disaster over here, guys. <laughs> yeah. I am a disaster. Uh, we're, Fire a question and then go in the other room and cough. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just going to die in real time. So the, uh, the we're going to go over by position group because I think it's the easiest way to go over it. Uh, we all have thoughts on different positions groups. Uh, I wrote down notes for the whole game. So... Let's get into it. The Seahawks quarterbacks. Oh no! Three quarterbacks played. Uh, Russell Wilson played in the opening drive. Austin Davis came in for a couple drives after that, and then Alex McGoo. Yeah, which Magoo. all I can think of is when Adam Sandler goes yeah. Goo! Yeah, Billy Madison. In That's Billy Madison, it. yeah, exactly. So, uh, so we got Davis McGoo and Wilson. Okay, Wilson looked great. Do we I all agree really on that? I wish there was a player named Davis McGoo. Now you've given me something to look forward to. <laughs> did uh, d- did anyone uh, did anyone think Russell Wilson didn't didn't play univer- uniformly amazing. I thought he looked like exactly what we needed him to look like. Yeah, he ran, he passed, he showed poise, he was did not take patient. a sack. He made a magic Russell play. Yes. Yeah, he made what else are you looking for? Uh, okay, so then Davis versus Magoo. Um, I have lots of notes on these guys. Um, I thought Davis's interception was horrible, but other than that, he was fine. I thought Magoo was was like the he I wrote he looked like the most cut rate Russell Wilson. <laughs> they asked Magoo to do nothing and he did a great job of it. He threw like no passes farther. He was like Alex Smith like to the max. Like where he threw no long passes but looked like he could move and run. Like you know when Alex Smith was bad when early in his career, that's what he looked like. Alex Magoo looked like the bad Alex Smith from like year 1 and 2. Yes. Like Boykin with none of the pop plays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought uh, Austin Davis looked like a typical, like one of two typical backup quarterbacks. Meaning, you have a backup quarter and quarterback in Tarvis Jackson, who isn't going to make the right choice all the time, but can lead a drive. And then you have the other backup quarterback, quarterback like uh, Austin Davis, who is going to show you flashes of brilliance and then throw to the complete wrong team, where there's no one there and drive killer in the red zone. I um. Yeah, yeah right. I feel like he is the definition of a replacement level quarterback. I would really like if we upgraded, but let's face it, we're boned if our quarterback goes down anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say the the delta between Russell Wilson and the next best quarterback. It doesn't matter who the backup is. Like the backup, every backup quarterback is a lot worse than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is. Yeah, we a, have a top five quarterback. That is your that is your pittance he's, to pay. Depending on if you think how you think of him, he's like the fifth or sixth best quarterback in the league according to everyone, and probably to us as fans of his 
a little higher than that even. So going to a backup is going to be a, a disaster. I think Austin Davis, he could fill in for a drive or two, you know, if Russell needs to go through the real concussion protocol, not the fake one that he did last time. Um, <laughs> that's my thoughts on that. All right, let's go running backs and fullbacks. Yes. Um, let's start off with uh, Chris Carson. I thought Chris Carson, I wrote, ran like he really wants this job. And uh, I thought it looked pretty decent. Did you get, would you guys tend to agree? Uh, I thought he looked good. It's his first game back. I felt... I felt like he wanted the job, but he also played it just safe enough. He didn't he didn't worry about getting too much, which I really appreciated because one, I don't know how he's feeling, but also I don't know. Look at uh, someone like uh, oh, the, who's who the Christy Chris help uh, Chris Kristen Michael. Thank you. I was like the guy with the girl name. Uh, Kristen Michael <laughs> would often try and do too much and he'd get, you know, hung up and trying to hit the wrong hole. And that's why he wasn't meant for the NFL. Here's, here's my Chris Carson thing Hold is that this. he ran for 26 yards and 19 of those yards came after contact, which is like, that's a pretty impressive. Yes. Race. Anybody very happy about he that. He didn't try and do crazy cutbacks. I thought this was a really nice game for Chris How Carson. How many of those yards came up the middle too? Uh, give me a second to get to directional runs. Because Sorry. that's the big thing I noticed was he was running over those guard gaps, especially on the right side. He was making a single decisive cut and barreling forward. Yeah. He looked like a perfect inside running back in this offense. Yeah, he ran middle right, two rushes for 16 yards, and then one off each end. The left end run went for eight, and the right end run went for two. That's a really efficient job running. And if you're running over the right end, remember that you're running over Jermaine Fetty. So you're really looking for Will Disley to do a great job of blocking on that right end. <laughs> So we all agree right now. At this point, it would be surprising if Chris Carson didn't make the team, right? We're all in agreement there. I think, yes. Chris, I think at this point, it's Chris Carson's starting job to lose. Yeah, I'll go okay. out on that limb. Uh, Rashad Penny, I thought, looked pretty good. He had 16 yards, uh, 24 yards after contact, though. He was being hit behind the line. He he got to he had to play some with worse uh, surrounding talent. He played a than, lot behind our third string line, which, which is bad. Which was bad. Our third thing that has been. I thought Penny looked decent. Like I, I would be more than happy to use him as a change of pace back. I thought in blocking he wasn't horrifically bad. That uh, was he, my he, notes on him. He had one. Ch- he had one chip block where he slowed down the guy enough so that the throw could get off, and I thought that was okay. And it, he missed one block on one of the Russell Wilson pressures, but Russ made him look good. Yeah, and he needs to be stronger at the point of attack there, but he'll get better. He's it's it's about reading the play at this point. I think that the raw skills are there. I have a different piece of analysis, and I'm can't remember the drive that it was on, but the handoff was a outside run. It was one of those kind of stretch plays where you pick your. Uh, seam and then busted it up for whatever you think you can get and he ran it over the right end and the right guard got pushed back and the right guard got pushed back maybe a yard and a half behind the line of scrimmage and without having to break stride penny just edged around the guard and after watching eddie lacy last year not be able to accelerate forward to save his life watching Penny be able to run to the sideline without breaking his stride and his cuts was so refreshing because last year with the types of backs we had, that would have been like a three yard loss and he turned into like a four yard gain. And that is the difference between a good and a, or between a solid NFL run game and a terrible NFL run game. You ready? You ready for my JD McKissick take guys? Mm-hmm. He knows he's going to make this team on special teams. That's why he never calls for a fair catch. Yep. Like he, he knows and I think it's clear after this game, he's he's fourth of the four guys that played in this game. He's but he's did a solid job as a pass catching back. Right, but I mean, I would say Mike there. Mike Davis was better 
Mike Davis, Mike Davis played like he wanted this job bad, and he was really good. And if ProSize doesn't get on the field by the end of the preseason, Davis took his job. And McKissick is sketchy to make the team if both those guys play because I thought Davis played really, really well. Um, I thought Davis played really, really solid. He reminded me a lot of Mo Morris. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to give you – he's a bang average runner. And he can pop as a pass catcher. Yeah, he's a pretty good pass catcher. I really like the way he looked out of that backfield. And that's why I think McKissick is, knows I got to return some good kicks. So when Grayson busts the big one, even though it gets pulled back by a hold, like that, that, that hurts, hurts him too. Because anybody else returning kicks, that that's his spot. He needs to be on that corner. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see how that develops and like what happens next for for those guys. Yeah, though um, I think we're gonna keep five because as we're about to talk about, Trey Madden sucked. Trey Madden was not good. He had targeted once in the past game, dropped it, was on the field a lot more than I thought he would be. Um, we decided to use a fullback. I think um, that's why he was on the field though, because if we're gonna have a fullback on the roster, and I think after this week, three fullbacks were cut or something like that in the NFL. Yeah. I, I, we cut, you we got, cut one. We cut Jolson Fowler. Yeah, you got to make sure that you don't want a fullback before you cut all the fullbacks. I think we're going to not have a fullback. And we've talked about that if, all If pre-season. we don't go with a fullback and oh, ProSize plays good and McKissick is a returner, that's there's five guys right there. That's a nice five running back um, core. That's, that's the, and all five of those guys, are I think, are talented, and they all bring something to the table, which is pretty cool. And I cool. bet you could get Mike Davis to lead block because that guy will do whatever you ask him to do to be on an NFL team. All right. Wide receiver. Wow, wow, wow. Jaron Brown. Let's start Jaron Brown. Jaron Brown, good at football. That's what I wrote. Uh, Man, felt- the dude was just clean. In- yep. He was a better route runner than I thought he was yes, going to be. Yes, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. He, he ran way better routes. He was crisp. Uh, he ran a couple like curls and stuff that I thought looked really good, and there were timing routes that he hit well with Russell, especially for a guy that's only been here for this year. There were two routes that he did that were like at the sticks that for a second I thought he was Tyler Lockett. No. Where he just he was quick out of his stance, he cut, and then all of a sudden he was just there, good for the ball. I was talking up his route running when uh, you were questioning it the other day, and he was a better route runner than I thought he was, and I was the highest one on him in the room. Yeah, he only that had was impressive. He only ended up with one catch for nine yards, but I mean he played the whole drive and he was open multiple times. I really liked what we saw to him. Lockett looked good. Lockett's back. Yep. Um, I don't. I think as long as we don't use him in the return game, we should be able to keep him healthy, and I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Stringfellow had a nice catch and run. Stringfellow. Stringfellow. He reminded me that size. he was on the team. Um, McAvoy Reynolds were were pretty pretty blank. They didn't they didn't do anything, but it got targeted once. Uh, David Moore. David Moore flashed. Like I thought, David Moore looked pretty good in this game. I think he might end up being the Case and Williams of this season, though. Yeah, he's. I think he's just barely work not against not very good corners. Yeah, he's just barely not going to make it. Um, not quite doing enough. Uh, Marshall didn't play, right? Uh, Marshall was in for the first drive, but didn't receive a target. Okay, and Darbo did Darbo play? Uh, Darbo, Darbo did play. Did play. Okay, but that's how did not receive a target. That's how invisible he was. Yes. I did not notice that he played. I was that like, dude is. I was like looking for him too. Uh, I believe the line is that he was coming off of being banged up a bit in practice, and I don't believe he's out there for very many snaps. But it is really hard to get snaps numbers from preseason then, games. My question for you on this, Kevin: Did Keenan Reynolds get to go back and return anything, or was it just Cyril Grayson? And, uh, and Keenan Reynolds was back on a couple of the kick returns, if I remember correctly. But he, because we remember we were doing that thing with three people back there to catch the kick. Right, but, but there's but there was actually catch any there was like one guy who was farther back that it was clear it was his job to to catch it as long as it went far enough yeah and i think he was one of the two more like up guys yeah the up guys that's interesting um at this point i'm thinking brown lockett baldwin marshall and then one or two other guys 
uh, but it could be. I think it's wide open for the other spots. Darbo definitely played his way down the list and like into the point where like he's no sure thing anymore. Yeah, um, I think Darbo, McAvoy, Grayson, Reynolds, Johnson, uh, Moore, Moore—they're all fighting for that spot. Stringfellow, Grayson looked alright in returns though. Yeah, I thought Grayson was. He had a fumble too though. Grayson was fine. Fine, like, Kevin. <laughs> Take my Grayson. But uh, he had that big run back. Pump. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things. Tight end. Um, I, Ooh, Will Disley. Couple Ooh. notes. I Will Disley. I wrote Will Disley is the best right tackle on the Seattle Seahawks right now, and I wrote that after the Chris Carson run, where Will Disley blocks the 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 right defensive end, the left defense or right defensive end, out of the play, and Afedi falls down. Yeah, Afedi <laughs> literally looked like a tumbleweed on that play. Afedi looked like like a caricature of himself. It was. It was I want to say great for the first two drives. Don't go too deep on Afedi, by the way, because we got. We're doing tight ends, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> so, Kevin, save so, your Fetty take for just Dixon, a second. Dixon didn't play. We I thought wait. the net looked solid as a receiver. Yeah. I liked the way that he handled the scramble drill on that touchdown catch mm-hmm. on a broken play. Yeah, he, I, I thought he looked good in the pass game and not so great in the run, in the run game. He, he looked he, mediocre. Couple, I, blown, couple blown blocks. I think they there's a clear thing happening here where like the team... It, they used Disley and Vinette in the first drive, which makes me think they know that Vinette is the pass catching guy threat and Disley is more of the blocking guy. And that- I think Disley can be both though, and we know Vinette's limitations. And Vinette played to his strengths, and I'm I'm totally happy with his performance. Yeah, Vinette looked I like also a weapon. Like how we use Vinette in the seam. Yeah, he yeah, looked yeah. like a he looked like a weapon. Yep. Like he he didn't he only ended up with what two catches one catch two catches on three targets. Yeah. But, but the, if you the tell one, me the one he didn't catch though, I thought that was a big play like waiting to happen. Yes. Just didn't didn't quite get there. If I told you Vinette is going to be a big weapon on this team, you'd be happy with that, right? I'm I yeah. wouldn't be surprised at this point. That's that's uh, what I see him as. He's uh he's he lived a, up to it in game one at least. And Offensive then, weapon. And then Disley looked like a. Uh, he looked like an outlet receiver. He overperformed a fourth round draft pick. Yeah, as of right now, I think me. he's an exceptional blocker, and he looks like he's a solid outlet receiver. He caught, uh, he caught both of his targets for 19 yards. Uh, his long was 12. He looked like you know if things break down, you can dump the ball off to him, or he can give like a hard chip and then go out as a safety valve. Which is a very functioning piece as a tight end. Yeah, Disley held up well against their first string defensive line, which makes me really happy. Not that this is a great defensive line. We all talked about this before. The, the Colts defensive line is very questionable. But it was a good test. But this was, yeah, he got out there and he did he did the job. You know, the thing about last year's offensive line is they would lose battles to bad defense defensive lines that was not the case today. I wrote down. Let's go to offensive line. I wrote down. It was tough every time they tried to rush four on our ones. When, yep. when our ones were out there, they they did not do good when they tried to rush four. Yeah, they could not get pressure with four, which literally every team we played last year got pressure with four. Yeah, so that was very reassuring. Um, Posich uh, looked like a functioning guard. The front the front four, I, I was happy with Posich, Dwayne Brown, and Britt. Obviously, they were all great. Uh, Fluker looked okay, good enough. I'm I'm not actually. That- that penalty was dumb. Effetti is a is a disaster, and to the point where like I'm looking at other guys in the roster, and uh, Battle was even worse. I I thought Isaiah Battle was maybe the most disappointing player I watched. Really, the whole, the whole game. I don't know. I had high expectations for the way they've talked about him in camp, and maybe he, I, he I didn't really, really look below. at him that much. But he the problem was he looked like a Fetty out there. Worse. He, he, he was chasing. Didn't know, slow. Didn't know where to go. He did look slow. I don't know if he looked worse than a Fetty, dude. The thing that drives me the nuts about most about Fetty, here's the thing about Fetty is every once in a while he'll do a play notes, blow a guy up and be like, wow, why isn't that guy here every play? Battle 
did that with less athleticism. So he's like, he doesn't know where to go. And even the plays where he did good, it wasn't like, oh, he blew his guy up and he like, survived. He just well, survived. If that he has the ability, he just doesn't have the brain for it. Kevin and, said it perfectly last year. Uh, and Kevin, this is a. Uh, turning your memory here but when you said that Effetti is really good at blocking if it's straight on right at the middle of his body and he knows it's coming just walk forward basically yeah like if it's yeah. if it's just a straight shot and you're not you know doing a swim move or anything Effetti can Effetti can do his job and that's i don't know that's like 101 like that's the first level yeah he's completely survives on his athletic talent uh i thought Joey Hunt was uh not good Jordan Roos not good George Fant not good uh, George Fant looks so over, so rusty, overwhelmed. He was lunging. His footwork was bad. He, this was this was like he looked like he looked two years ago. Jamarco Jones looked pretty good until he got hurt. That's uh, so disappointing. I was I was like actually like okay, Jamarco Jones is decent. Like maybe we can develop this guy. He's not like there, you know. He's playing in second stringers, but I'm kind of digging this. And then he gets the high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for a really long time. So then they kick Reese Odiambo from guard to tackle. Ooh, he looked and, good. And put J.R. Sweezy in. And I was like, ooh, Odiambo. He he was bad at guard. But then when he played tackle, I was like, all right, this is nice. I like this. So maybe Odiambo. I mean, not surprised. He was a third round pick. But I think there's a spot for him on this roster as a swing tackle that can play guard in a pinch. I really am, want to see Odiambo get a shot at the right tackle job. I thought. Don't mind it at this point. Getting stuck in a rough situation, having to play left tackle for the bulk of the beginning of last season, he looked better than Afedi did for most of that stretch. So I think he should get that chance to fight it out with uh, Afedi for that spot. Would not mind it. And he seems to be the kind of player who's pretty smart. He can. He actually... It's for some guys, they just can't switch spots on the line that much because they it's hard. You're doing different stuff. Odiambo, they they like they're like play guard, play tackle, play here, play there, and he just he does it all. He has a really wide set that makes it hard for him to play guard. I think he just has a hard time like anchoring as a guard. As a tackle, I feel like he gets to use his athleticism a lot more. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing is that on the second drive, um, or uh, when the second string offensive line came in. Posich was originally the center for the second string, which officially calls me to apologize to Nathan Santo. <laughs> the, the Joey Hunt is making this team for sure. It train seems is. like Joey Hunt is out because they know they can slide Posich in. Yeah. And I think for roster construction purposes, that is the smart move. Yeah. I th- the thing is, if Joey Hunt plays really good at center in this preseason, he might find his way in here just because... This is a one game sample. Let's be honest. Jordan Roos could come out next game and just blow everyone up and like get right back on the in the, on the, on the wagon, right? It was one like not great performance in a preseason game. And he could be blowing it up in practice too. We don't get to watch all the practices, right? So like I'm not 100% sure, but it seems to me like Hunt needs to play good in these games if he wants to make this team because there's a lot of flexible there's a lot of guys in here that are flexible, right? Yeah. Odiambo can play guard and tackle. Posich can play guard, center and maybe even tackle in a pinch. Uh, a Fetty can probably play guard and tackle. So, like, even if a Fetty doesn't end up as a starter, he might end up as a backup guard tackle, which takes away, you know, one roster spot where we might only need to keep eight or nine offensive linemen. Well, on the on the way up here, Kevin and I were talking about the unfortunate injury to uh, Jamarcus Jones, but I feel like this is this is a way we have to keep a Fetty. Like, if I was really hoping before that game. Uh, 
that we could move on from the Effetti era. That I was, or that he honestly, after up, the first I game, to... I was going to watch it and be like, I told you guys, I kind of laid the seed last week. I told you guys, Effetti may not make this team, but now I'm telling you, because of the injuries, Effetti is probably making this team. Another thing, too, about Effetti, it's like I want him to do good because the athletic talents are so apparent. And we you, spent a lot of resource on him. Yeah, we spent first round pick on him. Like, you watch him play and you're like, oh, sometimes he is really good. And sometimes it's just. Well, most of the time, it's just a disaster. He's got so. that Ebby Calvin Lelou syndrome. Right. Million dollar arm, five cent head. <laughs> Ready to go to like, the... And I don't mean... I, oh. And I want to make it clear. I'm not evaluating him as a stupid individual, but you talk about football IQ. On a football field, he looks lost yeah, he, on about 40% of plays he'll, at least. He'll go to block a guy that someone's already blocking, and I'm like, you, you blew assignment or the other guy blew assignment, but the other guy's already engaged with this guy, so I mean... <laughs> And, and he's not mature point, about. You don't get the trust on that. We're gonna assume you blew the assignment. Well, yeah. and the coach, the, everyone says he's too hard on himself, and he's not mature enough to. And he might just to get be too back. far in his own head. It's a belief. Yeah. All right, let's do punters and kickers before we do defense because yeah, we have a punter battle and a kicker battle. I told you guys this kicker okay. battle is live. Yeah, Jason, Jason Myers, Myers kicks good. Sebastian Janikowski. Sebastian Janikowski won't let anyone but John Ryan hold for him. Nope. He, he let. He let Dixon hold for him in uh, practice over the weekend. It was like Sunday's practice or Mondays. That stuff cracks me up, man. It's like I think he That's feels the like story. he uh, <laughs> he needs jobs. Um, so like Steve like or, or no no he wants to make sure his job is secure. So he's like, give me the best holder. You know, like don't don't mess around with this. So that's kind of weird to me, but whatever. Uh, I thought Myers and Janikowski both have big legs and they both look good. Um, Janikowski is an injury risk, but I don't think if we cut Myers, it's He's going to get picked up. So. Uh, Janikowski's an expensive injury risk. But, I mean, we can cut him for nothing at any point. It, his, he doesn't vest at any point. Like It's, it's all guaranteed I mean. already. So I think that there's uh, I think there's an incentive. If Myers keeps looking like this and it looks like we're picking between two equal players, I think it's Myers' job to lose. And I said this before before we started recording, but Janikowski was, you know, barking orders at the line. He showed kicker leadership which we haven't seen in a long time <laughs> kickership yeah i mean Hauschka never did that and uh blair walsh certainly never did that i just thought it was kind of funny like this guy's a bit of a field general for the three times a game he's up there and then uh punters i thought dixon looked great john ryan was not bad john ryan will find a job when we cut john ryan he will not be out of work for very long um so but dixon's just way way good i think the stat line says it all they both had three punts uh John Ryan had a very respectable 44 yards and a 53 yard long. But did John, let's just Dixon say this. Dixon had a 47.3 yard average and a 61 yard long with one inside the 20. John Ryan had to punt from his own end zone once though, like, which is a lot harder job. than It is. So I, But if you looked at each of his punts, each yeah. of his punts on a one for one basis, Dixon's were better. And the other thing is Dixon's really good at burying it between the hash and the sideline. When he makes that punt, like his they the even, directionality on his punt is really. They even good. ran like a Michael Dixon special play with the with the, the pooch, drop pooch drop kick yeah. onside kick thing. It's like they they really are into this guy. He's yep. he's uh he's he's gonna make the team and and John Ryan is gonna get picked up by hopefully not like a team we hate like so not the 49ers, not the Rams. I hope he ends up on like a team I like that could win the Super Bowl. Uh, he's the next Forty Nineers punter. Someone in the AFC, like someone in the AFC, can win the Super Bowl. Uh, he could be a Patriot, whatever. Uh, um, let's go ahead and go to the defense now. Okay, let's start a cornerback. Byron Maxwell didn't play, so they started off with Shaq Griffin and Trey Flowers. Oh, Trey and, Flowers! And I thought man. this could get bad. 
Uh, the torpedo did he? The, the torpedo play either? I thought he was the hurt. The torpedo too. did not play. Yeah, he was hurt also. So, so we started off flowers, and flowers was much better than I expected. I had very low expectations. He had one penalty that was kind of a rookie mistake, which is going to happen. He's a for fifth round draft pick, but he looked like a guy who can actually play cornerback in the NFL. I was very impressed. I really liked uh, what I saw from Trey Flowers because, like you said, the boneheaded mistake he made. That I, I think the color commentary guy said it best, where he said, "You know, that's that's an easy thing where Pete Carroll pull him aside and say, hey, this is what you do in the future.' Because it was just one little move. He was a little out of position there. I was impressed. I would also like to talk about our nickel corner. Oh, before we do that, oh, I want to talk some flowers. Okay, okay, okay Kevin. Because Give. flowers, uh, I really sat and watched specifically flowers. I uh, for I watched the entire game for him. Basically, every snap he was out there on defense, and consistently he had his body in the correct position. Even on that penalty, he had great coverage. He was all over the guy and he got handsy and grabbed and turned the receiver. And the sad part is his hips gave him away. Totally. Well, and if the hand that he used to grab the receiver, if he'd have reached for the ball instead, it would have been clean and he'd have batted it. So I, I liked his play a ton and Pete, specifically went out of his way to mention how much he liked the way that Flowers came along. Yeah, okay, Justin Coleman. Justin you, Coleman is... Wait, 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 I'm sorry. I, I started the Justin Coleman yeah. thing, I but I got to say this. Shaq Griffin looked like he was a leader on that defense. Yeah, yeah Shaq and Griffin looked like as advertised. He, I, which I think it's fair to say he looked like he took a bit of a step. I really, I thought he looked more aggressive. A, you can tell he's excited to play with his brother too. Yes. Like yep. he's so excited. And I, I just don't want that to get lost. Go ahead on your Justin Oh, and the Coleman. other thing is Ty no. Hilton's a hard assignment and he was step for step with Ty anytime yeah. he had him. You, you you tell us Justin Coleman. You wanted to start it. What'd you think of him? <sighs> Man, he, he just looked like the best nickel corner in the league. Correct. He looked He looked exactly how a shutdown corner looks on the outside on his assignments in the middle of the field. Strong agree. He had two really good plays on the first drive too. Yep. I was uh, I was like very excited about it. It was remarkable to me because I I literally was like I've never seen this before. I can't I can't remember the last time I've seen was, that in the middle of the field. He was really great last year and then this year it seems like he's going to be even better somehow. Of the down the the roster corners, okay? Mike Tyson I felt like played his way back into the safety room. Fact. Um <laughs> He just doesn't have the uh, change of direction to be able to keep up yeah. with the wide receiver on the outside. Not enough speed. He needs out of there. Not enough speed. And uh, Akeem King, I thought was decent. Uh, Akeem King now might be competing with Nico Thorpe for a like final fifth fifth cornerback roster spot. Yeah, uh, he held his own. He had one pass defensed. Uh, he didn't get burned really. He looked a little undersized on a couple of the tackling opportunities. That would be my only concern. He's, he's not undersized he's slight like he's he's tall enough and he has long enough arms it kind of remind me of what jeremy lane did every once in a while where he just thin. didn't have the yeah he he's, didn't have the bulk to bring a guy yeah. down he'll get better our weight room is really good uh, dante johnson's gonna be playing cornerback again so he'll jump into that competition uh the thing about thorpe for me right now i have him on the clearly on the roster bubble with king and dante johnson at cornerback and i'll sit because i have those other four guys clearly ahead flowers coleman maxwell and griffin fact uh if and if we sign uh, Rogers Cromartie, there's your five guys. I don't think any of these other guys can beat out. Yeah, unless we're keeping six. Yeah. Uh, Thorpe is a gunner, and he's a really exciting gunner, and he's really fun to watch. And I don't deny that. Like it's great. You pick him out when we're doing a kickoff, and you're like, that guy's going to do something cool on this play. But kick kick coverage is not as important as it used to be because no one returns kicks anymore. You just knee it down to the 25, and 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 like lots of guys can be punt 
punt coverage gunners. You Shaquem know? Griffin yeah, can she, be a gunner, a, an exciting gunner who can make a right. play. Right, or Akeem King could do it. Like, yep. it's not, he's, he's, he's good, but he's the delta between him and the next best guy doing it. Like, if DJ Alexander makes this team, he can be the gunner. Like, it, it's, it's not a exclusive job to him. And Thorpe isn't getting paid nothing anymore. That's another thing to consider. There's not only guys that can do it, but there's guys that are younger, cheaper, and possibly a future roster spot of interest. You know, Shaquem Griffin's a guy that we want to keep around. Emmanuel Beal might be a guy that we want to keep around. Yeah, like, uh, Akeem King might be a bit of a project for a backup corner for right, us. And do we want to pay 29-year-old Nico Thorpe $1.6 million to to uh, to do this? I mean, that's like $480,000. I keep rookie. thinking, I keep forgetting that he's 29 years old. We had this conversation like yep. three weeks ago. Yeah. All right, let's go to linebacker. I wrote down a couple notes. One thing I wrote was this. Linebacker play, if we have to use the backups, will be grim. And I put grim in capital letters because I think like there's four good linebackers on this team. And I would say Mingo at this point, let's just do this. Mingo's not a linebacker. We use Mingo as a defensive end a lot in this game. And man, was he good. And he was good. He was. So to me, at this point, I'm going to call it like I see it. They, Mingo is a, is the new Bruce Irvin. Yep. And they are, they're going to use him at defensive end all the time. He's barely a linebacker. Yep. Um, so our linebackers are really Quim Griffin, Wagner, Wright, and then 0.5 out of Mingo. And I think 0.5 out of Jacob Martin. Jacob Martin, I thought was really good pass rusher, uh, and looked lost in coverage. And that makes sense because of what he was in college, right? Kevin, can you describe what he was like in college? Uh, so he was a hand in the ground. Basically, he was an, outside rush linebacker he basically played defensive end so when it's we like have 235 pounds so defensive when we end. ask him to cover even like you know fringy nfl talents that's a big ask for him that is something out of his comfort zone yeah, so he's well, gonna when, have to get used to it when he would rush like he's a fast guy but his his first step is not so fast and he's not really relying on any sort of move out there i'm I'm kind of optimistic that he will improve after this first game. So you're saying he's kind of like a blitzing safety where he's just looking at being way faster than the yeah, but he's but he's he not starting back far enough. His <laughs> his athleticism popped. Like I was like, whoa, this guy is a real athlete. Like he was in the backfield immediately. Like crazy, crazy good athlete. For that reason, I also think he could be a plus special teamer, which does help him find a back end of the roster spot easier. Yeah. So then I would say that if we're gonna keep like six linebackers, it's gonna be like Mingo, Martin, Wagner, Wright, Griffin, and Alexander. And Calitro is it was not good. Uh, I would say Calitro was. Apparently, like, had one of the worst games of everyone. Uh, yeah, uh, Calitro, uh, or Calitro, whoever you say his name, uh, he couldn't cover to save his life. It was rough out there. There were multiple times where you would literally see him start, like, running to his left to go look for the running back, and then the running back would cut, and he would literally have to, like, do a U-turn on the field and be like four steps behind. And then these linebackers that have secondary numbers, like I don't think any of them have a chance to make it. Uh, I think Emmanuel Beal has a chance to sneak in there. He played okay. Do you he think played... he'd make it over DJ though, who has like clear special teams value and he can plug if we really need him I to. I think Emmanuel Beal could be that other situation where he's making less money, he's younger, and has more upside than Alexander. Because Alexander we know is never going to really develop into a solid NFL linebacker. He's a special teamers that you find a line, but he's the Chris Marigos. I mean, but at least he's like 26. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's still like a little hope for DJ Alexander. I feel like maybe, maybe, uh, you know, I, maybe it's just cause he went to Oregon state and I always rep hard for like my redheaded stepchild, uh, <laughs> Pac-12 schools. Yeah. But I mean, 
yeah, he only makes seven hundred thousand dollars too. DJ's a little cheaper than than like Thorpe. Um, okay, rolling up to defensive line. Um, uh, defensive line was an embarrassment of riches, but two people that really impressed me: Mingo. Uh, I'm gonna call it Mingo again. I'm gonna call him a defensive lineman. Uh, he had a I, really nice Quentin sack. Jefferson. Um, Quentin Jefferson's got a really good shot to make this team and to play. He played with the ones. And I thought he looked good, so I'm I'm uh, I'm on Quentin Jefferson now. Like I think that's he looked good. Rasheem Green was good. Um, yes, I thought Brandon Jackson and Marcus Smith were fine. Like th- this team has a lot of guys. Joey Ivy. And I feel Bruno like Brandon Ford Jackson will go up. Uh, this Quentin th- Jefferson, remember, got cut last year at uh, after training camp. Ended up on the Rams, and then we got him back. And mm-hmm. like they waved him. This is him. one of those stories. It's kind of like that uh, that Michael Bennett thing, right, yeah. Where he went to Tampa Bay and then came back, and we we're really glad to have him. I'm not saying that he's the next Michael Bennett, but I think he's somebody who looks like an NFL player. Yeah, he's pretty fast too. Like I was surprised by the athleticism and his ability to switch between inside and outside because they did play him in a couple different spots on the line. Um, I liked it. I, I remember when I said Rasheem Green probably has the pass rush moves to be able to make an impact that way. Oh man, he made me look good. Yes, yeah, he uh, looked, the other day he looked de- mad decent. Like yeah. I, um, he was he finished he helped uh, Mingo finish two sacks right, so he ended up with one total sack. Uh, I want to say that he had one and a half sacks. One was basically his, and then I want to say that he comboed with Jacob Martin on Martin's half sack because okay. Mingo's sack was where. He rushed from the outside and just bear hugged the quarterback. Oh yeah, and, and then like just rode him down. And then he had it was a, cool. Yeah, it so, was that was a man sack. <laughs> all right, so then uh, here's the thing about this defensive line thing. Now is that there are legitimately like twelve guys here that I could see the team keeping, like uh, Brandon Jackson, Jaron Reed, Naz Jones, Frank Clark, Quentin Jefferson, Shamar Steven, uh, Tom Johnson, Marcus Smith, Rasheen Green, Puna Ford, Joey Ivy, Deion Jordan. Like all those guys are in the mix. Yeah, and four of those guys aren't going to make this team. So it's 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 going to get hot in there. It's going to get hot in that defense in that defensive line room, and uh, it, it's good. It's this is a good spot to have an embarrassment of riches. The problem for me is is that outside of Frank Clark, I don't see any of these guys as like potential super duper stars. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a like, lot of really solid, interesting role players. No like big pop players. Yeah, so like if, if Frank Clark's like the only guy I could see going for like fourteen sacks, and so I'm a little nervous. You know, it's going from the. Uh, Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett, multiple superstars era is is a little harrowing, but there's a lot of talent in this defensive line group, and I'm really excited to see how they develop. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where the collective pass rush, especially with Mingo emerging, could be one of those situations where you see a just an overall number of sacks that is similar, just with less high numbers from individuals. I think in the end, at defensive end, we're still looking at Clark Smith. Green, Jefferson, Jackson, and I think, I think count, count Jefferson as a D tackle. He played most of his snaps at D tackle. I think just I, just count him as a DT for me. Uh, I understand he can play DE on rundowns, and they probably will get used like that if he makes the team. But but that's the thing is he plays that hybrid position, so he's almost more competing with Puna Ford. I think he's competing with like to take like Shamar Stevens job or Tom Johnson. Like, and I'll be honest, if he takes Shamar Stevens job, I'm not going to be sad about that. Or Tom Johnson. Those are both veterans. They're a little older. They're making a little bit of money. And if we have a young guy who can really fill that role, man, compete young and hungry. Yeah. Tom Johnson's 33. Like if he, he needs to come out here and win the job and he's like another hybrid guy like Jefferson, who I think like he needs to come out and win the job from Jefferson. And right now it looks like Jefferson has pole position on that job. Uh, 
finally, I saved the one for last that I thought would take the least time. Safety. Uh, we all agree. Uh, Brad McDougald looked good, and Tedrick Thompson, I thought, looked great. He was in the right position all night. You'd look at the play being made, and it, it's just one of those things. He was in the frame at the end of every play. You know what I mean? Like, he was just a guy who was always there. Yeah. We, you- we look at a, a situation with Earl Thomas not being here as, <clears throat> you know, we're going to get worse. This isn't going to be good. But like you hear about backup quarterbacks, every backup quarterback wants to be the starter, thinks they should be the starter. Tedra Thompson is like, you know what? This is my chance to take this job and actually show them that I'm really good. And I thought he kind of showed that out there. I thought that he wanted that. He took advantage of it. I was really, in, I was impressed. Yeah, um, he Tedra Thompson had played 21 or sorry, 33 snaps in this game. He had a he had a rush stop. He had two really good tackles. Um, I thought he was I thought he was really good, especially tackling. Like his tackling looked awesome. He was able to cover a lot of ground and tackle. Um, he didn't have he was never targeted in the past game, so I can't really say too much about his uh, his coverage skills. Although the one there was a couple throws that were made incomplete that he was definitely closing out on. So I thought, okay, this there's potential here. Um, yeah, he was I, never bad out of position. He never looked slow. Like the the every way that you can pop bad on a tape. He didn't, yeah. which is which says something. Somebody say something about Brad McDougall too, like the way the two run stops and the five tackles. Like the guy's everywhere on the field. He only played eleven snaps and had five tackles. That's absurd. Yep. Like the guy is is don't underestimate Brad McDougall. Like this guy is here to play. So um, that's my that's my uh, my my soapbox a little bit for him. And the other thing is we talked about this as a group. Uh, number one, Loren- uh, Lorenzo Jerome. Sorry, uh, you're going to be one of the first people cut. But the other thing is that I think we're all in agreement. Uh, Delano Hill needs to be played as a box safety. Yeah, he, he had- is most comfortable in there. His skill set matches that best. Trying to play him out in coverage is playing to his weaknesses and not his strengths. It's playing with fire. Like, he had three decent run stops, and then he had, like, one missed tackle that was pretty bad. I was, like, stunned. And then he gave up the reception. He blow a coverage that gave a reception, but he didn't get punished for it because it only went for four yards. So, like, I... Uh, I don't know. I just want he, the three run stops is impressive. Just play him in the box. Use him like the same way Arizona uses Deion Buchanan, and we're going to be okay. Use him a different way, and we're in trouble. Uh, TJ Muff- Mudgerson looked overwhelmed to me. I think he's a, he's a long shot to make the roster at this point. Yeah, right now it's Brad McDougal, Tedrick Thompson, uh, and then Delano Hill and Mo Alexander. Uh, you could argue back and forth which one you think looks better, but those are clearly the four best safeties we yeah. have in camp right now. We don't have – yeah, those are our four safeties if, if – if um, Earl comes back, the Alexander Hill thing is a really interesting question that yep. we haven't had to ask yet because we haven't got to see him both play in a Seahawks uniform. You know, like we Hill Alexander's nursing that inj- an injury, but I think that's an interesting question. I think Mutcherson, Tyson, Jerome, like they're not going to beat these two guys out. Those two guys are going to be fighting for that last safety roster spot if Earl comes back. If Earl doesn't come back, I think those are your four safeties. Just wrap it up. Like yep. the, it's going to be pretty hard for one of these other guys to to break in. And I know what everyone's saying at home, but. But guys, what about Shaquem Griffin? What about Shaquem Griffin? Shaquem Griffin had a lot of tackles in that first drive. Yeah, he had he, a tackle for a loss. Thought he looked really good. Um, I think that he uh, struggled in coverage a little bit. He overpursued a little bit. They let him play a ton of snaps, which I thought was smart because he's uh, he's raw. He's raw, and he needs the, he needs the work. I liked his positioning on the line, though. 
as soon as the ball was snapped, yeah, he he had over pursuit at times, but he had good position. He was decisive. The, yes. The good the, the thing that impressed me about him was the tackling. I thought he was a really good tackler. Yep. Like he really closed out plays and, and made the tackles. The positioning, like I don't know, I thought it was dicey. Like he he would over pursue and get out of position, or he would lose contain a little bit and then be forced to use his athleticism to make the tackle instead. And that kind of stuff, like you can get away with it when you're a really good athlete, but it'd be better to just not have to get away with it, and then you're going to be able to close the play out even earlier. Does that make sense? Exactly. Uh, I Watching him in college, he was asked to do everything on that UCF defense. They needed him to be just and he was their, the right arm of Zeus He was the, that their team. premier pass rusher, too, and we asked him to cover 18 times on 40 snaps, which is a lot. I think that's really intentional, too. Trying to get him out there, trying to get him used to it. you know. And I also think we're trying to give him more of a defined position as a linebacker because he's shown the ability to play all three linebacker spots including rushing as an edge linebacker. But trying to get him used to playing the will is like the goal, right? Giving him a position because really the team wants him to be able to take over for KJ because KJ's about to get expensive. If we're being real honest, KJ, that's what the team wants. I feel like KJ's already kind of expensive. <laughs> but I mean, his deal's going to be up and he's going to need to get paid. And so I think that that's what the team's really looking to get out of him. And if he can be kind of the do everything backup this year and special teamer, that's just a big plus. You're correct. And I, I mean, saw some things I like about that. If we're if we're talking about our linebackers, Shaq is backing up the will right now, which is KJ. And then the Sam linebackers are is Mingo's the starter and Martin's the backup. And then our middle linebacker is Bobby. And then no and one, nothing. If good we if that. we if we lose Bobby, we're done for. Um, Bobby I would rather actually, put Delano Hill. Bobby got his uh, one, got his missed tackle out of out of the out of his system in the preseason, yeah, <laughs> which makes me happy. It's like oh, he, he misses like one a season, and he already did it in the preseason. Oh, I want to talk about that. <laughs> the Bobby Wagner sideline interview was maybe the most charming Seahawk moment I've had in years. They have him over there on the sidelines. For those of you who watched the game, they're interviewing Bobby, and Bobby can't keep his eyes off the field. Yeah, he just keeps yelling. Every time something happens, he's yelling to the other players. Oh, it was beautiful. (laughs) It was, it was, it was an amazing thing. Really, just showing the way that, you know, as other leaders have moved on, Bobby's constant, and if anything, he's stepping up even more. Bobby, especially with Earl out, is the heart and soul. The Absolutely. straw that's just yeah. the drink of this defense. And, you know, I love him. And I couldn't be happy to see him out there really embracing that leader's role. All right, final game notes. Eric, what, what's your uh, what's your final takeaway from this first preseason game? I think that there's something to be positive about, something to look forward to this season and what we saw. Having said that, this is game one of the preseason. This was against the Indianapolis Colts. I really, uh, speaking with Kevin, Kevin thinks their defensive line is going to be pretty good. I more so really liked how our offensive line grew a little bit. Our offensive play calling was slightly different. I I saw some plays that I saw other teams run for years that I wanted to say, how come we didn't run that? This is a This is a time to be optimistic, but don't forget that this is a year where I feel like don't expect the playoffs. But hopefully be surprised by it. Um, Kevin, your final takeaways from this game? Uh, yeah, I actually want to talk about play calling a little bit. So just talking about offensive play calling, which we're all going to be looking at, understanding that we're looking at a more vanilla version of this, a couple of things I really liked. 
Russell Wilson was permissed to use his legs a little bit more. Yeah, we ran a we ran a designed run right off the bat, a Russell Wilson run. Put put the league on notice, basically. And we also had a little bit more boot action going. And I wanted to bring this up. Russell Wilson ran the same boot action two plays in a row, one of which resulted in a scramble for like six yards. And then he ran the same boot action on a handoff to Carson, and it froze the linebackers and safeties for just a smidge, which allowed Carson to get a couple extra yards. That's a cohesive offensive design. But I also want to bring up the fact that the only reason we were able to uh, get that opening touchdown drive was because Russell Wilson had a uh, 14-yard pass to Vanette, and then we had a fourth down two-yard run to be able to make that work, and then... The, the drives that resulted in points were not super clean drives, but there were some trends I liked. The way Russell's legs were being used. I saw a lot more routes that were being run in the 8 to 12 yard range that maybe would have been run in the 6 yard range last yeah, year. Yeah, And it was frustrating. When you start chunking 8 yards on a second down pass, that's a good way to keep your offense on schedule. So I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, my, my big thing is that is is this okay the 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 offense the first team offense of this team has a chance to be really special like a top 10 top five offense in the whole football league they didn't even have doug ball when our best wide receiver and we still looked pretty great out there i am very excited about this first team offense the second thing is i came into this game super worried about getting pressure on the quarterback and our first teamers had one two three four five six seven of the 11 pressures in this game uh i'm yeah i think they're gonna be good i think there's gonna be plenty of pressure to be had by these guys and maybe it won't be quite the disaster that i um envisioned especially because naz jones our best interior pass rusher didn't even play in this game fact so i'm i'm excited i'm excited to see how the def uh how this defense comes together and i think this first team offense has a chance to be special does it add up to a playoff berth i'm not sure we're on the border we're gonna be like between the ninth and fifth best team in the nfc and you know it's excited it's it it'll be exciting to see where we fall in that in that um range all right let's head over to the money zone well yeah i was just gonna say uh (laughs) the spots that you want to keep a look at Oh, yeah. Okay. Our, what, what to look for next week? Yeah. So next week, uh, defensive we line battle game against the Chargers, which is going to be a really good test for our number one offensive line. Unit right. And They're, a really good test for our number one defensive line. Brandon unit. Oliver and, and, uh, and Joey Bosa are the premier pass rushers. This will be uh, this could be a disaster if our offensive line isn't as good as we think. Yeah, we have them and then we have the Vikings. So you want to see how our offensive and defensive lines are going to hold up. You get to see that the next two weeks. Never, there won't be any questions. Never forget when George Fant manhandled uh, Everson Griffin against the Vikings. <laughs> never forget. Watch the video once a week. Okay. Uh, okay. What could have been? Thank you to our patrons. You guys are the ones that make this show happen. Uh, Forrest, Lucas, Carrie, Michelle, Tom, David, Mike, Keith, Mirza, Frank, Arthur, Josh, Brett, Brian, Cody, William, Kim, Russ, Kevin, and Nick. You guys are the ones that are making this all happen. You also got your first degenerate gambler podcast right here. I was gonna say there's a there's a there's a short ten minute like uh I, I called it the amuse bouche of uh <laughs> of podcast. It's a little appetizer for what's to come. We went over some of our favorite um some of my favorite player and coach props from this season, like first coach fired and uh, you know NFL MVP odds and stuff like that. We just kind of had a little 
fun jamming those out. So patrons, head over to Patreon. If you want to see that or any other Patreon content, become a patron. Uh, it's Seahawk Patreon dot com slash Seahawks Nest, and for a little as a dollar twenty four month, you can join the Legion of fans who supports the Seahawks Nest fought, Seahawks Nest podcast. I can talk, I swear. Um, if you're poor and you don't and you can't afford it, you know, it's just like a dollar twenty four month. You know, that's too much. You get your coffee for a dollar a month, and you're like. <laughs> somehow uh <laughs> you want to support us anyway head over to facebook.com slash the seahawks nest or twitter.com slash seahawks nest give us a follow go to itunes or stitcher or soundcloud or wherever you find this podcast give us five stars a thumbs up a heart whatever any of that stuff it helps us a lot um itunes our itunes rank has gone way up we now show up when you just search the word seahawks like stuff like that every drop in the bucket counts so much and you guys have shown us so much support so thank yeah, you this guys is a grassroots movement and our listens have expanded a ton in the last two years we have quadrupled yeah, we our listens we went from 200 to like 400 to now we're getting like 800 an episode and i just it's it's because uh, you guys like football and for some reason you listen to us so keep <laughs> keep it up um and everyone else don't make good Seahawks content because yeah, that's it's good well, to be the only option. There's a there's a couple there's a couple. <laughs> it's not de- easy to do. There's a couple decent Seahawks podcasts out there. I think one thing that makes but us there's a little one different, great Seahawks podcast. Out the there. one thing that makes us different is <laughs> we do post every week, even in the off season. Other podcasts kind of take breaks, and like we're like Mm-mm, none of that. Hardest working podcast. In yeah, the no one no one will outwork us. We talked about taking a break. We talked about kind of uh, we we were you like, know fudging the numbers a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's record four podcasts in a row and actually not release them. But I was like, no, we got to do that new part at the beginning we can't and do we're it. also friends and we like hanging out anyway it's, it's a true. good excuse pretty pretty, pretty <laughs> true all right um so let's get into the movie zone we got to keep it quick we're at like 52 minutes and i want to keep it under an hour so mile 22 releases this week starring mark Wahlberg, lauren cohen ronda rousey and eco and mark Wahlberg's voice <laughs> hey 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 fourth billing that's my that's my movie dude uh i'm the star i'm not, the third option it's not a prosthetic there, uh, there's two other options i'm the third option uh, okay that's e- me it also stars eco waste which is the star of the raid redemption and so what i'm going to do today i'm not going to spoil this movie because i'm going to bet a lot of our listeners don't go deep on uh kung fu movies like i do they're not as into it this actor uh he was in the raid redemption the raid 2 and headshot which are like three indonesian uh action movies and um headshots okay i would say it's the worst of the three but the raid i want to talk about the raid the raid is like one of the coolest like best edited uh, hard-hitting action movies to come out in a long time. It came out in 2012. They filmed it all on handheld cameras with no steady camming at all. So they like it's like got this like r- kind of raw, like no frills action feel. And then they f- another cool thing about this movie, they filmed it all with airsoft guns. So like every <laughs> every muzzle flash, every sound effect that they they added that all in post because they didn't want to deal with permit processes and all that stuff to deal with uh, getting uh, stuff for the raid. So. Eric, that's, have you seen this movie? I have not, but now that last little tidbit makes me want to see it even more because that's movie um, magic. I'm going to read some some quotes, some snippets from reviews. Kevin, you haven't seen it either, I'm pretty sure. I right? have not. I'm a huge Asian action film fan. This is like in the top five next to watch, but I have to not be doing something else because I have to read subtitles. Yes. And so it limits when I can watch these and movies. And Nathan, I've right. seen I've seen parts of this, but I've never sat through this movie all the way through. But like I've seen it on lists alongside other uh Seahawks Nest favorites like Ong Bak and uh Yeah, it's it's like Ong Bak where it's like completely unexpected and it does so much more than you have any 
you it, it's way better than it has any right to be. Yep. Um, here, let me let me give you some choice quotes from reviews. Okay, you ready for this? Let's do it. Chase Whale from Film.com says, "My only complaint about the raid is that it ended." <laughs> yes. That's a legit review. Uh, Bruce Dion's of the New Yorker said, "This movie is a gory free for all, a horror film dressed up as an action film, and it's as pure a shot of adrenaline as any Tarantino fan could wish for." Um. And then Sean Burns, this is my favorite one. It says, a triumph of fight choreography, spatial relations, and precious little else. I'm not joking. That is so perfect. There's just not much going on in this movie that's just like, it's it's mastering like the limited spaces they're working in. There's tight corridors and stuff. And then there's just awesome fight choreography, the whole movie. It's, um, God, yeah. Great fight choreography is a treasure. It's that's pretty, a wonderful thing to it's watch. It's pretty bloody. So just uh, forewarned. And so would you for, say to comp it to a more recent movie, uh, if the previews for Upgrade didn't turn you off, then you should consider this one. Sure, but it's not funny. Like, it's no frills, dude. There's, like, no fill. It's all meat, no filler. Like, right, but uh, Upgrade was another, like, pretty the raid, action The movie. Raid is the Baconator of, of uh, <laughs> modern action films, okay? It's bacon. It's four pieces of bacon, a piece of cheese, a burger, four more pieces of bacon, a piece of cheese, a piece of meat, and then a bun. Like, there's no, there's no extra. There's no lettuce. There's no tomatoes. Just bacon, cheese, meat, bacon, cheese, meat. Like there's, it's just it, it. It's so good. Um, Excellent, Nathan. I just don't. Uh, I don't know how people could not like this movie unless you just don't like action movies. If it's, so um, basically, if this movie sounds good to you, then you'll like it. It's brutal though. Like I'm just want to let you know. Like it's brutal. There's like if you're, but if you're action, Is it like old boy brutal. Uh, no, it's just like hard. It's really hard hitting and bloody and like okay. s- s- I've seen. It's I've relentless. Seen too. scenes does, of this movie. It's it. It, it lives up to it. It I've does only not. Seen one. There's like a long shot in here. A couple of long shots, and I saw yeah. one long shot uh, that really bumped the movie high up my list to watch. The movie doesn't quit. Like it just doesn't quit. It just keeps going. Like it just. It was a fight in a um, uh, in a hallway in an apartment complex or something. Yeah, the the whole movie takes place in like. Well, I don't want to explain anything. Just watch the movie. Uh, okay. <laughs> So for Kevin Garber and Eric Ronnebeck, I'm Nathan Santo, and we will see you next week. Go Hawks! Sounds right.